live with another episode of Get to Know Your Co. I'm Eddie Garfin, and I hope everyone had an enjoyable Canada Day celebration. I know I did. To introduce the podcast, in a time of isolation, getting to know your coworkers is really hard. And usually we do this after our Friday all-hands meetings, or we do these uh, quarterly events. But with everything going digital now, this is an attempt to take a step back, find common ground with one another, and maybe, just maybe, Learn something we didn't know about our coworkers in the process. Today, I am very excited to be joined by the stoic, centered, and always self-improving Samia Maisha. Hi, Sam. Hi. How are you, Eddie? I am excellent. How was your Canada day? It was pretty boring. I cleaned my apartment. I didn't do much. I was going to go out and see the fireworks, but then I got lazy and I was like, oh, there's probably people out. So... I stayed at home and I went to bed at 10 p.m. That was my Canada day. You did the responsible thing in a pandemic, which is to stay home when you have doubts. Yeah, honestly. And I've been trying this new thing where I try to wake up at 5 a.m. So I did that today. And I walked along the lakeshore and I saw a lot of, um, I don't know, the firecracker. So I guess people were out and about doing fireworks last night. Yeah. That's, that's always uh, been a pet peeve of mine is that people don't clean up their firework, I guess, yeah, carcasses. The carcasses. The I like carcasses. That. Maybe I not like the best word. word. <laughs> but something a lot of people don't know about me is I actually, for uh, a time, sold fireworks for a company. Did you? Yeah. And so um, one of the things that I always recommended to people is make sure you pick up after yourself. You I felt must like have been a, the fun friend who everyone went to for fireworks. Oh, I was. I was. I set up some pretty cool shows for friends and family. Um, nice. Yeah, but, but that, that time is, is past. Now I hook people up with awesome uh, data visualization tools, and uh, that's something that you're a part of creating. Yeah. yeah. So, what about you? What did you get up to for Canada Day? I, um, I spent some time with some friends uh, just connecting, growing the circle a tiny bit, mm-hmm. uh, but we still stayed distanced. And I think even with, you know, when the pandemic first hit, you are still seeing friends, but it's, it's different through a screen than it is in person. 100%. So hopefully at some point in the future, I can start to have this podcast where we're actually in the same room. Face to face. Oh my face God. Face to face, a showdown like no other. But oh, going, yeah. back, going back to the, the tool or the insights and the enablement, mm-hmm. you're not in the role or you haven't been in the role that you're in now for your entire yes. career at Home Depot slash Acuity. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your journey at Depot, uh, starting with your first role at Acuity. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was in school for finance um, and throughout my entire, I guess, time at university, I always thought I'd go into investment banking because my professors were kind of pushing me hard towards that, um, that profession. And then in my final year of university, I went to France on exchange. And while I was there, I kind of realized that um, the university I went to is called Schulich. And I think what they do is they try to box you into like a CPG company or investment banking or something very traditional. We never talked about startups or the world of startups. And 
while I was on exchange, I kind of, I guess, found myself and I realized that I wouldn't be happy in a big corporate environment. I wasn't really motivated by money per se, and I wouldn't be happy going into investment banking. So then when I came back, I started looking at startups and I wanted to roll in sales because I felt like my communication skills could have been improved because throughout high school, like I was very analytical or science focused, but I was also a big introvert and I had a hard time communicating with people or, or so I felt. So I wanted to push out of my comfort zone and I found Ascuity. I interviewed for the role. Um, At the time, my manager was Justin. He hired me (laughs) and that's how I started at Ascuity. And then from there, um, my role has evolved into uh, implementation consulting, which was onboarding clients. And post acquisition, I joined the product team um, because that's something I felt like was a good fit for me. I feel like the role's analytical as well as um, involving a little bit of creativity um, and communication skills. And yeah, that's been my journey. So it's interesting because it sounds like you, you did, uh, you almost had a self analysis while you were on exchange Mm -hmm. and you realized that you wanted to make yourself really uncomfortable. And, And it's curious because it almost seems to me like you were in a position of some discomfort. You're in a different country and you know you have all these new experiences and you're realizing that this is something that's helped you grow and so when you came back home it was very interesting that you continued to pursue that discomfort uh when i when i joined Ascuity in the same role as a bdr um the reason why i took that job because i had a couple of choices um was because that was the one that made me feel scared and anxious a little bit and the other ones didn't and so i think we got we got to that same role at the same company uh with the same mindset yeah, and I think it's important to be uncomfortable. I think when you are uncomfortable, you're pushing past your boundaries. And I think that's when you find yourself, quote unquote. Um, yeah. So you you own, uh, in terms of a, the product, you really focus on reporting. Yes. Um, what has been the biggest challenge in taking on that new role? Um. I think with um, reporter or reporting, we, um, we've had a lot of challenges um, after the acquisition just around the team. The team um, was initially, I think you'll remember Austin and Robert, and then Robert left and that project kind of went on the sidelines. So then we had to build everything ground up again. And a lot of it was playing catch up just in uh, terms of um, setting up the infrastructure and losing all that time that was spent in development. And I think the biggest challenge for me personally right now is getting that particular feature to where it needs to be, where users are getting a lot of value from it because um, today it's not the most used part of the application, um, which is sad because in the past it was one of those powerful tools that uh, set us apart from other analytical tools. So I think that's a big um, goal for me is to get it to a point where users really get value from it. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. So Mm -hmm. taking, taking the spotlight away from the actual tool itself a little bit, looking more at uh, your journey now, who would you say at Home Depot has had 
the biggest impact on your career so far? Um, I don't know if you met her, but I would say Kate. So she used to be the old um, product manager at Acuity. So um, when I was in sales, I looked up to Kate so much because she's such a badass. I mean, she's super outdoorsy. She's so incredibly smart. And she was always one of those people um, when she spoke to you or she was in a conversation, I felt like the sun had risen. I, that's like certain people I feel like have that aura about them. And maybe it was just me and other people didn't perceive Kate quite that way. But she like talking to her just made me super happy. And I thought she was so intelligent and she had a big influence, I think, other than her. I mean, obviously, Neil and Heather are super smart, so I look up to them a ton. I think that um, what both of them have in terms of experience with consulting um, has helped them think a certain way around problems um, and challenges that come up in your day to day in the business. And I think that they are people I try to emulate as well. Shout out to Neil and Heather. (laughs) Shout out to Neil and Heather. (laughs) And then looking externally, so not those that we work with or have worked with in the past, like Kate, Neil, or Heather, um, who outside of work has had the biggest impact uh, or has maybe given you the best advice and guidance uh, throughout your career? I feel like I should say my mom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm going to say my mom. She's, she is a surgeon and she's super hardworking. I've, um, I've never met anyone as hardworking as my mom. I'd say she is a bit of a workaholic. Um, she, that woman cannot stay still. So my mom, um, I would say Tim Ferriss, cause I think he has had a big influence on, um, I guess my journey towards self self-improvement. I've found so many inspirational people through his podcast and I'm very grateful to him. And, um, Liz Gilbert is someone I recently discovered who has had a big impact on me um, just because of her philosophies around living and self, um, self-kindness self and just living with empathy and being a good person. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Liz Gilbert later and we'll talk a little bit about um, maybe ways of self-improvement that you've, you've kind of explored. Uh, But the last question I had around specifically career or job um, ideas was the the idea that if you had the opportunity to just jump ship for a week, Neil, Heather, and everyone on your team said, you know what, go ahead, uh, take a week to try another team and see if you like it. What what team would you be interested in exploring? I think maybe front end dev, because I think they're just a super fun team. Also, I'm really close to Randy and I, I'd be interested to find out what he's like as a manager. I feel like he'd be a cool manager to work for. Um, and also I work very closely to that team. So maybe I'm just biased in terms of um, wanting to be a part of that team. And like I'm an in Jordan or super, super cool. So I want, <laughs> I want them as teammates. Shout out to Randy and the front end devs. Uh, not the worst band name. I've ever thought of so Randy. Yeah, that's <laughs> Randy, you can have that. Uh, when I spoke to Jordan last week, uh, he mentioned that he would be interested in in exploring product. So maybe uh, facilitate a trade there for a week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one of the things that we spoke about uh, prior to this conversation was stoicism, meditation, leading to self improvement overall. Uh, what so what is stoicism? 
So I feel like if I try to explain this, I'm going to blotch it. I'm not the most articulate. Um, the concept of stoicism from what I understand, and I could be completely wrong, is um, being in the present and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, my introduction to stoicism was through Tim Ferriss, and I am in the process of um, listening to one of his audiobooks that he helped produce, which is called The Tao of Seneca, which I would recommend to everyone. And it's essentially letters that Seneca wrote to his um, acquaintances or his uh, friends, followers, uh, pupils, um, talking about what is important in life and um, what it means to live a good life. And I, I'm not an expert on stoicism by any means. I'm, I've just been introduced to it, but I have already seen um, changes to how I live my life and how I perceive things. Um, so that is my blotched attempt at explaining stoicism. I don't know why you don't think you're articulate. That was really well put. And it's always hard to uh, introduce a new topic. I, I think I read through trying to find definitions of what stoicism might be. And after hours of trying to understand it, I think I just gave up. So yeah, I feel uh, like it's a very um, broad concept, but there are a lot of philosophers who were Stoics, um, but I've been focusing on Seneca more or less because I feel like his brand of philosophy is something you can apply to practical life, whereas a lot of other um, like philosophers, they're very much in the realm of the theoretical, and not a lot of it is um, like people are able to apply to practical life, um, which isn't as useful. So I would highly recommend that um, book to, to anyone who's interested. So you mentioned that you've started to apply it to your daily life. Uh, what's one way that you have been applying it and what benefits have you noticed from uh, the application of this? Yeah. So um, one of the things that um, Seneca talks about is living life simply and um, facing your fears. Um, so this is, I don't know if this is a good example, but I am very uncomfortable with being cold. I okay. hate being cold. <laughs> um, and I think with a lot of fears, um, it's more in your head than, than anything. I think when you're living through um, whatever it is you fear, it's not as scary in the moment. So one thing I do now when I shower is I'll do a minute of like really cold water and I always dread it, but in the moment, like it's fine. Like you live through it. And I think you kind of train your brain um, in the way that, you know what, it's okay. Like it's nothing to be afraid of. And I think the more you train yourself in that way, the, the easier it gets. Um, another thing that uh, I, I could ap uh, apply like stoicism to is, um, we went backcountry camping um, recently, um, and um, and this is more. I don't know if it relates to stoicism, but it's kind of like the manifest your thoughts on on your actions. Um, we were crossing this bridge that was broken and had gone underwater, and we had to um, climb onto the rails and then cross. And we all had like heavy backpacks with our tents and stuff, 
And right before I was about to um, get on the railing, a part of my brain was like, you can't do it. Like at the very last second, um, I was like, you can't do this. And then I think what ended up happening was I, because you go into that action half-heartedly or you're already failing in your mind before you've done it, I slipped and I fell into the water. Oh my God. And, and like only my boot got wet, so it was fine, but I was very upset because I hate a sloshy boot and I had to hike the rest of the, of the, uh, of the hike in my um, boot with like, that was logged with water. And we had to do the same journey coming back. And I took time and I was like, you know what? Like, don't fail in your mind before you try it. You, you got this. And I was able to do it and it was a piece of cake. So I think um, like a big part of your life is that manifestation in your mind before you go into something. And if you think that you're going to fail, chances are you might because you sometimes people are their own worst enemies. Sorry, I digress there. No, no, that's a that's a great example of being being present and and reading uh, yourself and understanding your feeling and why you may have fallen the first time, but the second time when you went back, you were completely fine. You did it without a problem, yeah. uh, and so that kind of speaks to something that I think meditation can be centered on, which is uh, not just an awareness of your thoughts, but the ability to. Um, act off of thoughts in a more intelligent way. So can you speak a little bit to how you started to get into meditation? Is this a more recent thing? Have you been doing it for a while? Like how, did the, how did this all start? Yeah, that's a good question. I've been meditating on and off for a year now, but um, during quarantine, I've been meditating regularly. So every morning I meditate. So for the past I, uh, two months, I've been meditating every day. And then throughout work, when I switch from task to task, I'll take a minute to uh, center myself and check in with my um, thoughts. Uh, I got interested in meditation through Sam Harris. He's a neurologist and um, he concept of mindfulness meditation and all of that. So I started listening to his podcast and then heard some of his episodes on mindfulness meditation and downloaded his application. Um, he has a really great app. It's called Waking Up with Sam Harris. I would recommend it to anyone if they're interested. I, I am a paid member, but I have the ability to give 30-day free trials to friends. So if anyone's interested, please reach out. I can set that up for you. Um, and that's had a profound impact on me just in terms of mental clarity and um clarity and thought and i think everyone almost everyone today deals with anxiety or like some form of of stress in their life and i think that it helps to center yourself and check in with yourself because a lot of things might brew underneath that you, you might not be aware of and then manifests in the form of i don't know however it manifests so yeah, I, I think so. I've I've had a similar experience with meditation, where um, I, I by no means do it every single day in the history since I started it. But on the days where I've done it and been more consistent with it, I've really noticed that once you finish your meditation, it feels to me like the world almost moves slower, or I'm more perceptive, because a lot of the time I can feel almost like I'm rushing through life a little bit, and so 
when you take the time to meditate, which by the way is really hard. If you've ever sat down, just try even sitting down and not checking your phone every two minutes. That in itself is hard, but to sit down intentionally and try to focus on just watching your thoughts kind of as they pass by, Mm -hmm. such a challenge. Uh, Highly recommend it. It's very challenging, 100%. Um, Like when I first started meditating, I would oftentimes get more anxious after I was done meditating and I wasn't sure for the longest time why. I guess my mind just dealing through thoughts and emotions and and things like that. But it definitely gets easier with time, for sure. Um, and then some days are easier than others. But I would highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in in any of that. Definitely. And, and the app that I use, if anyone's interested in exploring meditation on the most beginner of levels, uh, Headspace is a really good one. It's a guided yeah. meditation. Um, the narrator is... Uh, British. And so I find that very soothing and guided meditation really helps you (laughs) helps put you in the frame of uh, the frame of mind to uh, understand what you should be thinking about when you're meditating. Because for me, when I went into meditation, I thought, you know, it's just about thinking about nothing. So try to sit and think about nothing right now. You can immediately something starts to pop up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's not so much about thinking of nothing as just not judging or chasing your thoughts. It's just observing them. Uh, And I think the metaphor they use is kind of like a dog on the side of the highway while the cars go by. You notice them, but you don't chase them and and explore. Or a cloud in the sky. A cloud in the Um, sky. One funny thing that I remembered when you were talking about um, the British lad slash lady who narrates in your app is um, Sam Harris has a very calming voice. So when I started listening to um, his guided meditations, I would fall asleep. And I had to make sure I was sitting upright because um, if you're lying down, chances are you might just doze off. So meditation in itself is, is a habit, a pretty challenging habit to take on. What are some of the other habits uh, that you're working on developing or maybe in another sense, removing from your life? So I've... Um, that I mean I go on and off but I've deleted social media from my phone and by social media I mean Instagram Instagram is the worst um, and I, I, I've struggled with it where I reinstall and, and delete it I feel like social media at least for me um, doesn't really help with my um, mental state of being it just makes me stressed or or it doesn't add to my happiness and I don't think that um, the quality of the communication through through these kinds of apps is all that great either. If you really want to check in with someone or be in touch with someone, you can always text them or call them. Um, some other things that I have been doing. So I downloaded this app called Routinery, which is like a habit builder. I think you have something similar that's called Habit Bull, is it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and what I like about that is you list out the habits that you want to get through throughout the day and it's time boxed. So for me, one thing that was very challenging for me in the past was I would have a list of habits in my head that I, I would tell myself, okay, I want to get through this. And I wouldn't. And then at night I'd get upset at myself because I'd be like, well, you didn't do any of this. You didn't practice guitar. You didn't read the book you wanted to read. And you get disappointed in yourself. And that's not a good way to end the day and you're not happy or whatever. Um, So what I like about this um, app is you get to set when you want to start the habit. It's time boxed. So then 
If I want to work out, I have a reminder for 5.30. It's time boxed for an hour. You get it done. Boom, it's done. It's out of the way. And then you feel like you've done something good for yourself. And the other thing that I like with the time boxing is it tells you when your set of habits will start and end. So for example, in my nighttime routine, I know, okay, this is when I have to start my nighttime routine to get to bed by a certain time. Um, that's what I really like about the uh, helped with building positive habits. Um, and I would recommend it to anyone who, who wants to try it out. It's called routinery. Routinery. Okay, I know we're, we're running a little short on time, so I want to make sure we touch on Liz Gilbert because you mentioned uh, that she's had a profound impact on your life. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about how you got introduced to Liz Gilbert, um, the book that you're reading of hers now, and uh, how she's had such an impact on your life? Yeah, for sure. So I, I don't know if she's had a profound impact, but I find her very inspiring as a person. Um, I got introduced to her through Tim Ferriss again. Um, what I really like about her is that she is a woman who's very comfortable in her own skin. And I think that's very rare in people um, who are just very, very um, at ease with who they are in life. And um, what I, what really um, touched me about her is her um, ability to be so interested and kind and generous towards people. Um, she is the author of Eat, Pray, Love for people who um, don't know. And her latest book is called City of Girls, which is uh, what I'm reading right now. But her um, story with uh, Raya Elias, who has passed, um, is one of the most beautiful love stories that I think I've ever come across in in that's not in the movies. And I think it goes beyond the movies as well, just in terms of their friendship and their compassion for each other. And what I learned from her um, through watching some of her talks um, is the amount of courage she has with regards to creativity, with regards to believing in yourself, with regards to self-compassion and kindness to yourself. Because I think that is the one relationship we all have throughout our lives is that relationship to, to ourselves and it's the most important in my opinion and it's important to be kind to yourself especially when you're down because um, people tend to be super self-critical and I myself was very self-critical throughout my life I mean I, I still am I think a big turning point for me was being kind to me because the way sometimes we talk about talk to ourselves like we would never say that to a friend um, and I think talking to yourself as if you were talking to your best friend um, is something that's helpful just in terms of um, your mental state. Um, and I think it helps you in achieving your goals um, when you're kind to yourself. Absolutely. And I think it's hard to draw the line between holding yourself accountable and just absolutely beating yourself up over a mistake <laughs> that you made. Yes. I think I think we... I know for, for myself, this is a fact, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of people also go through the experience of um, forgetting that we're human and that we're supposed to make mistakes and you can have all of the preparation and all of the research and work up front done and you can still get something horribly, horribly wrong. 100%. And the, just the ability to forgive yourself, because like you said, if, if your friend 
you know, made a mistake like this or treated you a certain way, you would be much more willing and ready to forgive them for something than you might even be willing to forgive yourself. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a great point. It's just getting to a place where you understand that that is the one lifelong relationship you're going to have is with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you need to treat yourself with the respect uh, that you expect other people to treat you with, but also the respect yeah. that you treat others with. A hundred percent. This is a little off script, but do you want to talk about the TV thing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There is no script, okay? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> talk about the TV thing. Yeah, the fact that we can't watch TV. What do you mean the fact or that we can't, can't watch TV? So I can't watch TV or I can't watch TV shows because <laughs> I get anxious. And I thought you did too. Yeah, so it's it's this this sense of needing to use every minute as productively as possible and if for one second you let yourself slip in doing something that you don't deem is the most productive at any given moment you have a full spiraled anxiety and self almost attack but why am i doing this this is a waste of time i should be reading while while exercising while meditating Mm -hmm. so yeah tell me tell me about that Tell me yeah, about your, your productive, it, unproductive it, TV watching with friends. I think it ties into what we were talking about in regards to self-kindness. So I think that I have a hard time, like yourself, watching TV because I go through that same mental process of, of oh my God, I'm wasting my time. I could be utilizing this time, doing something else. And then say if you are watching TV, you can be present in that moment because you're having all these thoughts go through your head. So I do think that meditation and that self-compassion piece has helped with it. So I am able to watch TV now if I really, really want to. It's interesting that we both had the same issue there. It's, it's almost the other side of the coin uh, for stoicism because there's this concept of memento mori, which is having something, an object that reminds you of your own mortality as you go through life. And the point of having this thing, and it's like, it could be a coin, it could be a bracelet, it could be whatever you want it to be. Um, It's often a skull shape. And it's this idea that it's going to spark you into living urgently because every day, uh, every day is potentially the last chance that you get to live your life Mm -hmm. and treating each new day as bonus time. And so that it's almost like, by creating that much urgency, it might be having to strike that balance between being urgent enough or having enough urgency to take care of all the things that you should be doing, but also going back to that self-care and that, that sort of um, self-forgiveness of letting yourself be human, letting yourself 100%. watch TV just for the sake of wasting time and enjoying it. And, yeah, because you know, life isn't all about accomplishing things. And this is something Liz Gilbert said that I really, um, that really stuck with me. Uh, and she said it way better than I'm going to say it, but it was along the lines of life isn't about paying bills and pushing paper, paying taxes. It's about living with wonder to be awestruck, to live a life where you're inspired. And Hey, if a movie gets you there, then watch a movie or whatever it is. I think it's all about balance at the end of the day. And you don't want to go too far on either extreme. I just wanted to let that hang there for a second because I think that's a really good point mm-hmm. and a really good opportunity for us tra- to transition into something that usually fills me with wonder, which is our rapid fire question segment. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the way this works, you listen to the podcast, so you know how this works, but I'm just going to reiterate um, the premise. I'm going to throw out a couple of this or that's 
a couple of quick questions and you just tell me uh, what you prefer. Okay. So we'll start with something easy. Okay. Uh, camping retreat or a skiing retreat? Camping retreat. Your favorite movie? Into the Wild. Super speed or super strength? Oh, super speed? I want to run away from my enemies. <laughs> we'll chase, them. <laughs> chase them down. Chase them. <laughs> uh, fruits or veggies? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, fruits. Okay. Uh, does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. Oh my goodness. Sweet it's and savory, Eddie. That's sweet and savory. It's, it's the marriage of flavor that the people yes. need. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining. And thank to you, everybody for listening, uh, if any of the topics today piqued your interest, feel free to send Sam or myself uh, a message to continue that conversation. For our friends in the US, I hope you all have an absolutely amazing 4th of July celebration. Uh, your Canadian buddies across the border are with you in spirit. And until next time, I'm Eddie Garfin, and this has been Get to Know Your Co.